It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the sports, sports Rush with, with Brett Rump. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Older than Yeah, well, you're half right. What is this, amateur hour? This is going to be huge. I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it, I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. Taking it home on a Monday. It is the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Romp, along with Adam Lundy in the producer's chair. We've got you connected a couple of ways this afternoon on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line at 46862. Also, you can catch us on Facebook. We are at Facebook Live. And uh, we will be on Facebook Live most of the show today, streaming the show. So you can catch us video style and take a peek behind the curtain. If you want to watch us, you can do that at Facebook.com slash 1380thefan. What a big show because it was a big sports weekend. We had college basketball. We had the NFL conference championship games. We got to talk about both of those throughout the show today. Also, in our number two... If he's still got a voice, we're going to be talking to Don Fisher. Not sure we'll get a full 15 minutes with Fish today because I'm not sure if his voice can give him 15 minutes with us. Did you uh, hear what happened on Saturday? Yeah, he had to call in a sub mid-game. Mid-game, yeah, yeah. I Now, I did not realize that, but uh, yeah, he ended up John Herrick, who uh, kind of has a history here in Fort Wayne calling high school games. Because years ago, I used to have a website because there was no radio covering local high school basketball. So I actually created my website just to be able to bring high school basketball to local fans. And uh, I needed broadcasters. I need somebody who would go out to the gyms and actually do the play-by-play. And John Herrick came in from Indianapolis and did games. Uh, once or twice a week, he would make the drive up from Indianapolis. Actually, he lived in Greenwood at the time, and he would do games. So he actually uh, has called some of the area high school basketball. Now he's calling Indiana basketball on the Indiana Basketball Network from Learfield. Uh, so, yeah, Don Fisher got laryngitis and had to turn the play-by-play mic over to John Herrick, who normally does pregame, halftime, and postgame on the uh, network so hopefully don will be okay because indiana's schedule is not giving him much of a break tomorrow well tonight you've got inside iu basketball and then tomorrow night right back at it against iowa down at bloomington and of course you can hear all indiana basketball games all season long on our sister station whoa whoa 92.3 FM. Any comments that you've got, fire away. Uh, love to hear from you on our Facebook at facebook.com slash 1380thefan 
Also, would love to hear from you on our text line at 46862. We have got uh, sweet tickets. S-U-I-T-E. I mean, they're sweet. Oh, yeah. They're S-W-E-E-T sweet, but they're also sweet tickets for our suite <laughs> at the uh, Coliseum for the Mastodons and Milwaukee coming up on Thursday night. And uh, Milwaukee is one of the few teams, back the only team, the Mastodons have not already played. Uh, they've played Northern Kentucky twice. But they haven't played Milwaukee once, so they get the first of two against Milwaukee <laughs> coming up on Thursday. And then, uh, what is it, on Sunday, it's Youngstown State coming to the Gates Center. So we've got uh, two home games, and uh, I think the Dons right now have three straight at home because they'll have Milwaukee Thursday, Youngstown State on Sunday, and then next Wednesday, it's Cleveland State who will come to the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum before a short trip disrupts the homestand. That will be down to Indianapolis for a rematch against IUPUI. And then the Dons come back home to take on somebody. Oakland. 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 Yep, you got it. Trying to remember the schedule in my head because I know Wright State is the final home game coming up later. Uh. Let's see, they've got... Or is it Robert Robert Morris? It's Robert Morris. they got Wright State, Robert Morris, end of February into the beginning of March, right? The Wright State one is away. Oh, that would make sense. Wright State away and Robert Morris at home. Yep, to round out the regular season. Okay, so the Dons will actually have four in a row on the road because they go to Detroit Mercy, then they make the Wisconsin trip. Yep. And then you're saying they've got Wright State at Wright State. Yep. Four straight on the road before they come back home to finish the regular season against Robert Morris. Uh, But this game Thursday night against Milwaukee. And uh, if you'd like to win the tickets, we got to come up with a good. You know what? We're uh, we're going to uh, we're going to have the key word be a phrase. Okay. Ride the wave. All right. Let's do it. None of those words are going to be taken by our system, right? I don't know. I'll have to check. <laughs> Send a little yeah. test text in. Yeah. So te- test test the system because I think the Mastodons like to ride the wave. And uh, that's what, one thing they do to celebrate in the locker room after they get a victory is they all act like they're on surfboards and, and just have some fun. Ride the wave. That would be. Nope. Can't do it. Can't do it? Can't do it. Okay, so don't text ride the wave. What else did the... <laughs> we could do... Uh, let me check this one before I say it. It's, oh, no. <laughs> We're <laughs> struggling out we, here. We we have uh, no keyword today. <laughs> you know, the easy thing is just to use like something pretty simple. Hey, I got one. Let's do Panthers because it's the Milwaukee Panthers. Okay, it's the Panthers, the Visitors. Are the Panthers. So if you send us Panthers, we know that you're paying close attention. Panthers to 46862. And somewhere by the end of the show, we will draw a random winner to get our suite tickets. Is that a four-pack? It is a four-pack. Four-pack of tickets to spend it in the suite on Thursday night at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. All right, so yesterday, of course, football took center stage with the AFC and NFC Conference Championship Games. We now know the Super Bowl is set, 
and the Lions will not be a part of it. Before we talk about this whole situation with the Lions, though, Adam, I do think we have to give ourselves a little pat on the back because you and I both got both games correct. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we only had to go two for two this week, but we did it. Woo! Let's Kansas get City and uh, San Francisco, your two winners, uh, going to the uh, going to the big game. Uh, but anyway, Lions get this big lead. You're feeling really good, man. The Lions have come out, and first of all, uh, you've you've got to give a lot of credit to Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for Detroit, who's probably going to become a head coach in the next 24 hours. But uh, I thought his game plan and design, play design was outstanding. I mean, they attacked the San Francisco defense. They had receivers that were wide open. Their protection scheme, how they uh, handled their line play. I mean, the, the one play where they actually pulled their right guard and sent him off to the left for a run that was going to the right. Because they knew when the guard pulled and went to the left, he was going to take the defensive end with him because that would be the read for the defensive end, and it would take him out of the play. Absolutely worked perfectly. Sometimes you don't have to block a guy. You just got to deceive him to going in the wrong direction, and that's exactly what the, the play design did. He was brilliant in some of his his uh, setups as far as the blocking uh, the the pass routes, how they got guys open. It was a masterpiece in the first half. Now, I thought there were a couple of questions in the second half. But throughout the game, the Lions had guys that were open. I mean, you can create the best play in the world, but if the guy doesn't complete it by making the catch or you don't execute it with the timing of the play or whatever it might be, Sometimes the plays don't work. And I, I kind of felt like that's what happened to Detroit. Just a little out of sync, not quite timed up. Their running game got closed off. They didn't have the running game they had in the first half. Uh, and, and San Francisco, quite honestly, just took advantage of a couple of plays. And a couple of them were coach-induced, and one of them was player-induced. As uh, Jameer Gibbs mm. fumbled the football. And you can't do that. Not right. in a big game in your own end, especially when you're uh, dealing with the momentum switch at that time. You got a one touchdown lead and you give up the football. So Lions end up blowing a 17 point lead. But a lot of the talk today is about the fourth down and not taking the field goal to go up by three scores. Absolutely the wrong thing to do. This is not regular season football. This isn't build a culture based on our aggressiveness type of move. You know, it makes sense for Dan Campbell to take over a, a team in the Detroit Lions and try to change the culture into, number one, a winning identity, number two, a winning culture, and number three, get buy-in from the players. He got that by being aggressive on fourth down. Now, I know the big argument, well, that's what they did to get here. Absolutely. Playoff football is different than regular season football, and you don't always make the same decisions in a playoff game that you make in a regular season game. Sorry. 
You just don't. Why? Because you've got a lot of margin for error if the play doesn't work during the regular season. You can lose six games, still win your division. You can blow one of the six. You've got 17 others to make it up. What happens in the playoffs? That play doesn't work. Your season may be flushed right down the drain. And that opportunity to play in the biggest stage in the National Football League could just slide away. And so you don't coach the same way. Don't give me, well, that's what they've done all year. Well, yeah, that is what they've done all year. But the playoffs are different. It's not an overall one-loss record. It's win in advance, lose, and your season's done. You can't make some of the same decisions. So when you've got a chance to add points and keep the pressure on San Francisco, which from a mental standpoint would have meant as much as anything because San Francisco would see that field goal go through the uprights and think, man, we're almost 25% through this second half. We've not made up any ground. But by getting the football, now they got a chance to go and score, and you all of a sudden take what should have been a three-score advantage, and you turn it into a one-score game. And that's what happened. Huge, huge swing. And like I said, hey, I know you've done it all all year. That's the way Dan Campbell is coached in the beginning. But it's different when you've got a bad football team that's trying to take that next step to the next level. You can risk those plays. What do you got to lose? Take your chances. I mean, go for it on every fourth down. Why not? You know, you might win a game because of it. And that's all you're looking for. Trying to buy a win or two that starts to instill some confidence in a bad organization. And instead, he took that philosophy and he used it somewhat with a really good football team. One that you could trust to maintain the lead, play with discipline, you know, and and instead, what happened? They missed that. San Francisco feels like they've got life. They come down and score. All the momentum in the world goes to the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's the home crowd, you, and you get them into it, and it's just a whole different ball game. Uh, absolutely, the wrong thing to do. Uh, and 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 I think the worst argument is it's what they've done to get here, <laughs> because you do coach differently in the playoffs. You have to coach differently in the playoffs. Absolutely. And so you can't make some of the same gambles and you know mistakes that uh, you know. It's like, for instance. Uh, you know, if they if they had it at the seven yard line, would they have gone for two to try to get the win, risking losing the season? Uh, you know, that's what they did during the regular season. Right. Why? Because they had a safety net. They were still going to win their division. Mm-hmm. Maybe they wouldn't get the home game, but they had a safety net, so they could take that chance during the regular season to go for two. But last night was not a time to be gambling. No safety you, net in the take, playoffs. No, you no none at all. You take the points, you maintain the three-score lead, and you move on from there. Then you've got that uh, that margin for error. So if you do fumble the football, if you do make one of those mistakes, 
you can cover it up. Instead, it allowed San Francisco to get control of the football game and then go on to win. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Also, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Not much to say other than the Chiefs being the Chiefs. Pretty much. And the the defense just took it to Lamar Jackson, basically. And Well, and that's the thing. What was more impressive, Mahomes or the defense? Ooh, that might be a good one for the text line. Because uh, Mahomes was outstanding against a good defense. He came out and was just fire for the, uh, in fact, I don't think what, he didn't have an incompletion until the second quarter. And uh, the way he and Travis Kelsey were connected. Looked like uh, the classic Chiefs. <laughs> By the way, after the game, did you happen to notice? Uh-oh. Taylor Swift is 100% bought in on being a a uh, pro football player's wife. And the uh, the NFL girlfriend, player, wife? I, I wouldn't even say girlfriend anymore. No? I, I mean, she's playing the part of a wife. Might as well go ahead and make it official. Oh, wow. I mean, get on the knee, hand her the ring. You've already got... You've already got the parents' blessing because they're hanging around each other's parents. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. It, I mean, it's, it's wholesome. Yeah, it's time. I mean, they're <laughs> arm in arm out on the field after the game. It just looked like, okay, it's not just, you know, my girlfriend anymore. It's like. Time to buy the rock. Time to get, yeah. Buy a big, it's got to be a big rock. He can afford We're it. talking Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> got to uh, be a big rock. Keep in mind, the text line is 46862. Any thoughts about the game? We asked uh, what was more impressive, the the Chiefs defense or Patrick Mahomes against the Ravens. Uh, and then we're also on Facebook at 1380 The Fan. We got Noah weighing in on Facebook. He's going with the defense. Yeah, defense was pretty impressive. And But, I, but see, here's the problem I've got is that Baltimore, they did get away from their identity. They and, really and, did. And, 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 you know, it's playoff football, and you, you've got to, you know, maintain what you do well. It's not high-risk, high-gamble, but it is running the football occasionally. Lamar Jackson's at his best when he can go play action and throw, not when he just drops back as a pocket passer. That's not Lamar Jackson's strength. His strength is go with a play action, you know, run, uh, maybe a rollout and a throw, or maybe a, a play action drop back. But the point is, they took the entire threat of the run away because they didn't run. They refused to run the football. I mean, all they were doing was drop back pass, drop back pass every single snap. 16 carries for 81 yards uh, for Baltimore yesterday. Yeah, but I wonder how no. many how many were in the second half. Right. It's just like Three, they, they four, completely I mean, abandoned it. It, it. They did. They just decided they were going to trust Lamar Jackson to be their offense. And it was still a close game. Sure was. I mean, I... You just completely got away from what you do best offensively. In fact, that offense in Baltimore has been a question mark for a long time. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. You've got a defensive-minded head coach. You've had some really good defenses in Baltimore, and you've had some really good defensive coordinators. But finding the right guy to run an offense and, uh, you know, play call, I, I just didn't think they were they were real good at that yesterday. And I think it made it easier for Kansas City's defense. But I've got to give credit. Kansas City's defense was outstanding. Absolutely. And you know who was the best of the Kansas City defenders, at least statistically? Fort Wayne product. Drew Tranquil from Carroll High School. Eight tackles, all solo tackles for that Kansas City defense. So guess who's going to the Super Bowl? 
We all are. We're all going. <laughs> Fort Wayne. That's all we needed. One Fort Wayne player. That's good enough for us. We're heading to Vegas, baby. Uh, Sneed was also very impressive for the Chiefs on defense. I was tranquil. We got to follow him. To all, we got to follow him all the way to the Super Bowl, man. Got to get out there to Las Vegas. We can't miss Drew Tranquil, Fort Wayne product in the Super Bowl. How How is our program director going to allow us to miss this major milestone event in Fort Wayne sports history? Got to go to Vegas. Got We got to go. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. We just have to be there. <laughs> and uh, I did check, though. Allegiant doesn't start their flights to Vegas until February 15th. Ah, uh, come on, Allegiant. And everybody accused me of being a jinx last night because I posted that Allegiant was not going to be flying to <laughs> Vegas when the Lions were up by 17 points. Boy, that didn't age well. No. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and I even I even tagged Justin Cohn in the in the tweet, <laughs> which made it very clear I was referring to Lions fans that wanted to get uh, a flight to Vegas. It would not be on Allegiant because they don't start flying to Vegas until February 15th. That's rough. Yeah, so we probably will not get approved at the budget unless it's a $49 <laughs> flight each way. So, sorry. Uh, all right, let's check what else is happening in the world of sports. Today's top headlines with Adam Lundy. Thanks, Brett. Just reported not too long ago that Chiefs pass rusher, rusher Charles Amanihu suffered a torn ACL versus the Ravens. Amanihu was a huge part of Kansas City's defensive surge, recording seven sacks and two forced fumbles in 11 games. And he had a strip sack on Lamar Jackson that resulted in a turnover against Baltimore. It's a big loss for Kansas City's defense heading into the Super Bowl against the Niners. There's optimism that Indiana Pacers star Tyrese Halliburton will return to the lineup versus the Boston Celtics tomorrow night. Halliburton, who was selected as a starter in the All-Star game in Indianapolis this year, has missed 10 of the past 11 games with a hamstring injury. The top five of the AP Top 25 men's college basketball poll remained unchanged today, with defending national champion UConn still ahead of Purdue, North Carolina, Houston, and Tennessee. The Boilermakers remained number two after reigning AP Player of the Year Zach Eady scored 20, 26 points in a win over Rutgers. And the Wisconsin Badgers rode a slew of losses by top 10 teams and wins over Minnesota and Michigan State to climb seven spots, number six, in the poll. And a little bit of MLB news to round out the day. The Los Angeles Angels agreed to terms on a one-year contract with veteran outfielder Aaron Hicks today, adding him to an outfield mix that includes Mike Trout, Taylor Ward, and more. Hicks is still under the seven-year, $70 million contract he originally signed with the New York Yankees, which extends through the 2025 season. Those are your top stories today, Brett. All right, and coming up, uh, we're going to talk Indiana Hoosiers, who had their chance at Illinois, and it slipped away in the game's final minute. We'll talk about what happened and some of the keys moving forward for the Hoosiers. Also on the way this hour, uh, we will talk Boilermakers basketball as they get a a win at a tough place to win, winning at Rutgers uh, yesterday. 46862 is the Parkview Sports Medicine text line, and that is where you should text Panthers to win sweet tickets. It's a four-pack of tickets to go see the Mastodons take on the Milwaukee Panthers on Thursday night at the Coliseum as the Dons come back home after playing three in a row on the road. And so if you'd like to be there to support the Dons, who uh, even though Milwaukee is the first time they've seen them, it's actually the second half of the Horizon League schedule because they've already played Northern Kentucky twice, so they've played 10 games out of the 20-game schedule. But now they will play Milwaukee twice here in the second half, starting with uh, Thursday night at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum, a 7 o'clock tip. If you'd like to win the four-pack of tickets in the suite, 
All you've got to do is text Panthers to 46862. We'll randomly select a winner by the end of the show. This is a, a, a nice game, too, because both teams are currently sitting at 5-5 five and five in the Horizon League, so the winner will be over 500, and the loser will be under 500. Milwaukee was the surprise team last year, finished, what, second or third in the league, and this year they kind of had a, a stumbling start, but they've been pretty good of late, and so this will be a good one, a true test for the Mastodons, and every game's a big one now. I was doing some calculating, and I kind of figured that the Mastodons – Probably need a nine and one second half if they're going to to be able to get to the to the championship line of the regular season. Now remember what they did a couple of years ago was they went ten and zero during uh, late January into February, but that's kind of a, a tall ask. I mean, to go ten and zero in this league this year, as tough and as competitive as it is, look at the standings. Nobody, what Green Bay is what eight and two. They're nine and three now. Nine and three. Okay, so Green Bay is nine and three. Then you got a couple of eight and threes, right? Yeah, Oakland and Youngstown. State. So nobody has less than three losses at this point. And so you've got like eight teams that are within two in the loss column. And so it yeah, it it's anybody's. But but if somebody from that five pack, the the group of five losses, the group of teams that has five losses, if any of them go nine and one or if they do go 10-0, and 0, they got a chance basically to track right past about seven teams en route to the top spot of the Rising Link standings. It's going to be a very interesting run for the seeding that will have a, a lot to say with who ends up making it down to Indianapolis and then, of course, competes for that coveted spot of a championship and a ticket to the big dance, the NCAA tournament. Uh, so the Hoosiers played... Uh, on Saturday, and Adam, what did I tell you on Friday? I said, Hoosiers, I think, will win this game. You did? And I said, maybe if they don't win, which would be the you know a typical Indiana thing, but I said, if they don't win, I think they're going to compete. And I thought the cover was safe. What was it, 12 and a half, 14 and a half, whatever it was. Uh, the, the cover was clearly a safe bet, but... The Hoosiers didn't execute down the stretch. A lot of that comes to coaching because you call the timeouts to set up plays out of your timeouts. And then the other thing is you've got to make free throws. And Xavier Johnson ended up the game two for seven and missed two critical free throws when the Hoosiers were down by two. That allowed Illinois in the final minute of the game to then take a two-possession lead, which the Hoosiers couldn't recover from because then when they set up a play, they tried to hit a three-point shot. It just game got away from them. And it all started because they couldn't convert two free throws at the foul line. Different game if you make those two free throws and it's all tied up. I think it would have been 64 apiece with, uh, what, 35, 40 seconds left in the game. Totally different finish. But once you get down two scores and then, you know, you launch a three, they get it, you foul them, they're up three scores. I mean, it got away from the Hoosiers. But, uh, you know, they did a lot of things really well to get them into position. But they also did things that cost them a chance at a victory. One was free throw shooting overall, just 12 of 22. And as we mentioned, Xavier Johnson finished two of seven. Uh, the other thing was uh, giving up points on a technical foul at the end of the first half from Xavier Johnson. Can't do that. Can't, uh, can't put yourself into a position where you allow the officials to make a judgment call that goes against you. Indiana also 0 for 9 
from three. This team is miserable shooting three-point shots. That's a good way to describe it, miserable. Miserable, yeah. I mean, it's painful to watch them launch threes and not hit any of them. Oh, for nine from distance. And it was like, it wasn't one guy went oh, for seven. I mean, this was multiple players that had their looks and none of them could convert a three-point shot. When you get outscored by 21 points from the three-point line, takes a lot of a lot of two-pointers. I mean, do the math. It takes 11 two-pointers to be able to make that up. And uh, and the Hoosiers just couldn't do it. They tried. I mean, I, I thought it was one of the most determined efforts that they've given so far this year. It actually looked like they wanted to win, like they were putting in the energy to win. But uh, Illinois is a tough team. You're playing them on the road. You can't have things like 0 for 9 shooting from 3 or 12 for 22 from the free throw line. You can't have that if you're going to go get a road kill. But uh, so Indiana falls just short. Now, you know, the the talk, of course, well, maybe it was the talk because I tweeted something that got a major reaction. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Was uh, when Xavier Johnson got called to the technical foul. I... I didn't like it when he did it because having played the game, which some people decided to accuse me of not playing, but having played the game, to me, it's kind of like, okay, if a guy makes a really big hit in football and he drops a guy and then he stands over the top of him and straddles him, okay, you are showing your supremacy over that athlete, right? Uh, You're taunting in a way, okay? It is a taunting type move. If you're a pitcher and they're they're jacking home runs against you, and so you throw one and peg a guy in the middle of the back, okay, it, it depends when it happens as to whether there was intent. Now, if it happens after a couple of guys have hit home runs, I've got to assume you probably did that on purpose. Right. If it happened when it's a 0-2 count with nobody on base and a game where you're leading at 5-1, to one, I got to think that probably was one that got away. So a lot of it is judgment, and it's based on reputation, circumstances, etc. And Xavier Johnson does not have the reputation that he can get away with things like this. Who does he think he is to be able to throw a ball at another player? Now, you could say it wasn't malicious. Okay, maybe it wasn't malicious. It's not like he fired it at his head. But the act itself is degrading to the opponent. It is an act of taunting. If you've played the game, you'd be smart enough to know this instead of taking assaults at me uh, on Twitter. That when the ball goes through the hoop, everybody tells you, leave it go. It's not your ball anymore. Because the second it goes through the net, it now becomes the other team's possession. You have no business touching the ball. If it goes through the net and you happen to catch it, drop it. What did he do? It went through the net. He grabbed it. His first reaction was to snap a chest pass toward Hawkins. Now, I don't like some of the actions Hawkins does either. Okay, that, but that isn't the point here. The point is, what did Xavier Johnson do? To me, he intentionally got the ball through the basket Fired it at Hawkins as if to say, I just scored your ball. You can't stop me. That's what's being said in that moment. And the officials are smart enough to know 
that's taunting. And you have a player who's got a reputation and a history and two teams that are going at it pretty hot and heavy, it's going to get called. The officials aren't going to let something like that get out of control. And so uh, I think it was, first of all, I, I didn't like the move at all by Johnson and said, classless move. Because to me, that would not have happened under Bob Knight. No. Okay. He'd have grabbed that guy by the arm, dragged him off the court. Everybody would have accused him probably of some type of player abuse. But he would not have allowed a player to do that type of thing. Would not have happened. He'd put that player on a bus at halftime. You wouldn't have seen him the second half. And so I I said, classless move by Johnson. Again. Yeah. Again. Uh. And uh, Twitter decided to come after me. And the problem is, when I made the comment, there's a lot of dumb people out there that think <laughs> I'm some kind of an <laughs> Illinois super fan. Yeah. Because immediately I started getting the tweets in reply that said, uh, rape apologist upset about passing a basketball, LMAO. Um, another one said, you obviously have not played ball. Eh, wrong. Wrong. Uh, what do we get? What else do we get? Yeah, man, surely none of our opponents lack class. Uh, <laughs> oh, then... Crimson Quarry, which I think is an Indiana supporter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Said, I'd not be tossing around the classless label if I lived in a house made of that much glass. What? You're, Does he think I'm an Illinois connection? I, I That's guess, what he's implying, yeah, right? Yeah, that you are, you know, live, you live in the Illinois house. Right? I, I live in a studio apartment. I got very little <laughs> glass. Man. Uh, someone else? Lively Acorn. Do you have any shame? <laughs> Uh, Aaron Matas, plenty of chances to criticize Xavier Johnson. This ain't one of them. Why? Because yeah. of, because a player on the other because, team did something bad yeah. a, a couple months ago? This like, is about his behavior, his reaction, whether it's good sportsmanship or not. That was not good sportsmanship. It's very easy to let a ball out of the basket and pull your hands away and let it drop. It's very easy that if a ball goes in your hands, not to come to your chest and fire the ball to an opponent, and it was not just a handoff. It was clearly a pass. And I don't think he was trying to hit him with the basketball. What he was trying to do was send him a quick chest pass so just to say, gotcha, scored on you. Nice job. Your ball, chump. That's, I mean, that's the subliminal message that was being sent by his action. And the refs know it. It's a taunting. That's not, to me, that's classless. You don't taunt an opponent that's beneath Indiana basketball. And Indiana basketball is built on this great reputation of doing the right thing, of showing great discipline. Right now, there's no discipline with that team. And if that's the guy that's leading the locker room, we know why there's so many problems with Indiana basketball right now. And I just I don't understand the logic of these Indiana fans coming to defend Xavier and saying, oh, you can't criticize any of our players at all because they're playing a team that has someone that did something bad months ago. I mean, what's the correlation here? You, you So just because somebody no correlation at there, all. there's none. So because somebody, I think I'm an Illinois yeah, fan. That's, and that's and so that's part. their throwback is they're defending their guy by accusing the Illinois guy, which is really stupid too to ignore the guy you've got on your team, if you're an Indiana fan, and say, well, he can do it because your team's worse. That was what they're trying to imply. Uh, you can't say anything about what our guy does because your guy did worse. 
And to me, it's like, look, this is about the behavior and the discipline within Indiana's basketball program. And whether you want to think he threw it at the guy or tossed it to him or whatever uh, a- adjective you're going to use in describing how that pass got to uh, Hawkins, I don't care. There was no point even even touching the basketball. Any move or gesture to get the ball to Hawkins was out of line because that's not the way basketball is intended to be played. As soon as it goes through the basket, it's the other team's ball. You let it go and let them get it. It's their ball. Uh, <laughs> another guy, uh, Paulie again. Illinois is so classy, said no one ever. Great coaching staff, too, said no one ever. Brett Horse's rump, which you can know what he's saying there, knows what he's talking about, said no one ever. Hawkins, the rest of the Illinois team, fan base, crying Illinois. Um, let's see. Dude, shut up. That was that was Hoosier Hayes. Dude, shut up. <laughs> uh, he gave the ball to the inbounder. What are you on? Uh, <laughs> oh, Quite the audacity to say this when your program has a player that's been accused of rape. Your program, Brett. My program. I'm like, what? Brett's Brett's fighting a line eye here. My fighting a line eye. This is a predetermined bad take. We don't like Xavier Johnson, so throwing a ball to an inbounder who wasn't paying attention is no class. Throwing a ball to a guy that's paying attention really isn't all that much class either. (laughs) 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. And, of course, we're on Facebook. You can watch the show today, facebook.com slash 1380thefan. It is a Facebook Live video of the show live this afternoon. You can check that out. If you want to win tickets to go to the suite and watch Mastodon's basketball on Thursday, all you've got to do is text the word Panthers to 46862. That's Panthers to 46862. Coming up next, Pacers Grizzlies. It was a visit by John Conchar into our state capital. We'll tell you how it went, not only for the Pacers, but for Conchar yesterday. Also coming up, Purdue and its sectional week as girls basketball sectionals get underway. That's all coming up here on the Sports Rush, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Not only do we have the best lineup of shows on Fort Wayne Sports Station, but our podcast bench is the deepest in the game. Download the latest Caleb and Kenny in the morning and Sports Rush show every day. Listen to the best in Fort Wayne high school sports, including replays of games, plus Fighting Irish preview during Notre Dame football season. For you IndyCar racing fans out there, our morning guys Caleb and Kenny bring you new track record every week. Find them all and make sure you subscribe at 1380thefan.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a new year and time to set business resolutions that stick, like resolving not to worry about payroll. Leave that to our dedicated team at Premier Payroll. Fast, accurate, and easy on your budget. We handle everything from processing payroll to managing payroll tax payments. Whether you are a business owner or an accounting professional needing to provide the best payroll service for your clients, Premier Payroll makes your payroll process simple, smooth, and reliable. Locally owned and serving Northeast Indiana, 
for over 30 years, we won't sell your business to some national payroll company that only specializes in putting you on hold. Premier Payroll is here when you need us and ready to provide the priority service your business deserves. Fulfill your resolution to never worry about payroll again. Contact Premier Payroll and your first two payroll processes are free. Once again, today on the Sports Rush, we've got a four-pack of tickets to sit in the suites Thursday night for the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons taking on Milwaukee. It's the Milwaukee Panthers, and so today's keyword is Panthers. The 46862. Text that word Panthers to 46862. And sometime before the end of the show, we're going to randomly select one of our entries to win the four pack of tickets to Thursday night Mastodons basketball. We'll be on the air with the broadcast. 645 the pregame, 7 o'clock will be the tip. Yesterday, I know uh, some of the Mastodons contingent went down to uh, Gainbridge Fieldhouse and watch the Memphis Grizzlies visit the Indiana Pacers. And that was, of course, because John Conchar back in the state making his closest visit to the Summit City and where he played at Purdue Fort Wayne. Uh, and, and it's actually perfect timing because right now Memphis is actually ravaged with injuries. And so John Conchar has started, I think it's six straight games now. And so you get to go and see him play and he plays for 30 minutes. There were games this year that he didn't get on the floor. Yeah. Uh, and so it's actually kind of the perfect time if you want to go catch Conchar was to have the timing of the game uh, fall into place while Memphis has so many injuries with Marcus Smart. And, of course, John Moran, who's out for the season. Desmond Bain is out. Um, and so, uh, yeah, John Conchar did nothing as far as scoring through the first three quarters and then put up nine points in the fourth quarter. Uh, added to that on four or five shooting, one for two from distance. He had seven rebounds, four assists, and he was part of a key fourth quarter run that uh, got this game even after the Grizzlies were down by double digits. Uh, they ended up coming all the way back, getting it tied, and John Conchar was a key to that run for Memphis. But unfortunately, the Grizzlies just didn't have enough left in the last couple of minutes. And Indiana goes on to a 116-110 win. Good win for the Pacers, 27-20 and now in the season. They get the victory because Tyrese Halliburton didn't play. Miles Turner didn't play. Um, T.J. McConnell didn't play. So they were missing some of their key playmakers. And when you talk about Halliburton and McConnell, you're taking, about, you're taking two of the point guards out of the equation. So a uh, pretty good win for the Pacers as well as uh, the Pacers once again used their balanced scoring. Ben Matherin scores 24 points. You had 19 apiece from uh, uh, Pascal Siakam. And uh, and Jalen Smith was just terrific late. He had a couple of three-pointers even. He finished three for six from distance. But uh, Pacers get the win. They're in Boston coming up tomorrow night. And we will have that game right here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM, right after the Mastodons Coaches Show, which starts at 6 and then 7 o'clock. We join the Pacers coverage of Indiana Pacers at the Boston Celtics. And there's positive thinking that tomorrow might be the return of Tyrese Halliburton against yep. the Celtics. So yeah, we'll, he, we'll keep an eye on he that. He came back and then uh, it was just basically to be on the court with Siakam for a few minutes. And then he was been out ever since. Yeah. So we, we've not seen him much over the last almost month of the season. So uh, hopefully he gets back on the court. If not, again, not against Boston, hopefully sometime soon. It looks like he's really working his way back. You see some of the workouts at uh, their their facility. 
46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Also, you can join us on Facebook this afternoon. We are at facebook.com slash 1380thefan. We are streaming the show live. You can make your comments there if you've got anything you'd like to say or add. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Purdue got the win over Rutgers yesterday. That's always a scary one for Purdue fans, but uh, this Purdue, Purdue team is different. Oh, yeah, no question. They took their lumps on road games early, but now I think with their maturity, they've kind of overcome what maybe ailed them in those losses against uh, Northwestern and Nebraska. And a tough place to play at Rutgers, but uh, Purdue gets the victory. 68-60, to I believe, was the final score. And Zach Eady puts up 26 points, 12 rebounds, double-double, and... Uh, and Purdue now what nineteen and two, mm-hmm. still ranked number two in the country behind UConn. The new poll that came out today. Yeah. Uh, also, sectional week and Friday night. Man, did we have a great game? Absolutely. Boys basketball on Friday. We had uh, Wayne at Bishop Lures, and it was kind of everything we expected. We built this game up because it was the two teams that were unbeaten in the Summit Athletic Conference playing for the top spot. Now, it didn't mean they were playing for a championship because there's still plenty of basketball to be played, but they were playing to stay at the top of the league standings and be all alone in that spot. And, boy, that game was a fight. Now, unfortunately for Bishop Lures, the Truesdale Twins had some foul trouble. Draylon especially. Right. He uh, picked up his fourth foul early in the second half and had to sit uh, for a good portion, almost the entire third quarter, and uh, and then eventually fouled out. But, um, but no, congratulations to Wayne, who pulled out the victory, 68-65 to 65 over the Bishop Lewis Knights. To me, it solidified two things, and I posted this on Twitter slash X, is that it solidified, number one, I think Wayne is the best team in the Summit Athletic Conference. Lures has already beaten Homestead. Uh, Wayne will play Homestead later. But I think it makes Wayne the clear favorite or best team right now in the Summit Athletic Conference. But number two, it also makes Bishop Lures, even in losing, a clear number one in Class 2A. That's what they should be. I don't care what Tipton's record is. Tipton, uh, Tipton ended up beating Adam Central by what, six or eight points on Saturday night? Uh, I, I've got to think that it's, it, let's just say, Lures should be number one. Tipton taking nothing away from them, but I think Lures is the best 2A team we've got in the state of Indiana right now. Of course, we'll find out because we're only about a month away from boys basketball getting into the sectionals. And that leads us into sectional week girls basketball. And, of course, kind of a, a tough year for high-profile matchups. We look at each round and try to determine, is there going to be a, a marquee matchup on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, Saturday night? And we try to be there each step of the way where we've got marquee matchups. The best matchup out of any of the preliminary and semifinal rounds, was probably Northrop Snyder. Uh, that was about the best. But then we've got Pacers Celtics, and contractual obligations means we have Pacers Celtics tomorrow night, so we don't have girls basketball. Uh, and so 
we're going to do something very unique this week with our schedule. We're going to have a post-game show that will not follow a game. Friday night, we will go out to the Pizza Hut at Pine Valley. We'll broadcast our post-game, which is after the games conclude at a gym near you. And we'll tell you who won the semifinals, what are the championship matchups going to be, and try to give you a preview of some of the sectional championships. And then on Saturday, our expectation, barring an upset, would be that at Columbia City, you'll have the Columbia City Eagles and the Homestead Spartans. And that's where we will plan to be then on Saturday night. Duke will join me for coverage on Saturday night. So our Parkview Sports Medicine Game of the Week, not on Friday, but on Saturday. But our Parkview Sports Medicine post-game show remains on Friday night from 9.15 to 10.30. And we'll broadcast live from the Pine Valley Pizza Hut. So for those of you that are going to the Carroll sectional, or if you're going up to Garrett, we're going to be on your end of the the, the city limits. So, got that? Yeah, and we'll still have swag. Don't forget the so, swag, my Oh, friend. yeah. Old Four Baseball Company took care of us. Custom design T-shirts that promote 260 hoops on 1380 The Fan. You can get your custom T-shirt. I mean, this is an exclusive design that you're only going to get by stopping by and saying, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> That's exactly what you have to <laughs> That's, say. Yeah, just remember the phrase that pays. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> we'll throw you a T-shirt. There you go. I think I think every T-shirt we've given away, that's what they've come up. Hey, guys, how you doing? What's <laughs> up, guys? We need a T-shirt cannon, I think. Nobody wants to come in and say, can I have a shirt? Hey, so me- they come up and just kind of talk, start talking to us, and then we say, uh, Yeah, we know hey, you want the shirt. Do you want a T-shirt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want a T-shirt. I'm a large. Uh, yeah. But you can get a T-shirt uh, coming up this Friday night, 9.15 to 10.30 at the uh, Pine Valley Pizza Hut with the Parkview Sports Medicine post-game show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. All right, so coming up in hour number two, we of course, we get to talk to Don Fisher, and hopefully yeah. Don can talk back to us. We, <laughs> the, the laryngitis. The laryngitis that uh. he's dealing with. Had to pass the mic mid-game on Saturday. That's got to be one of the worst things for a, a, a broadcaster possible. Well, and it's one of the true challenges is doing play-by-play over the crowd noise and everything when you are losing your voice. Yeah. Because you can't just, you can't get just, you know, gun talk. <laughs> Yeah, you have to actually sure. elevate your voice, and it's very hard when you. And I told Don, I said, I know how you feel, man. State championships. We should <laughs> we should compare Don's voice Saturday with yeah. my voice. Here's the Lures kick <laughs> when I was losing my voice on the Lure State Championship game. But uh, but hopefully Don's voice will be good enough to get us through. I don't think it'll be a full 15 minutes, but uh, we will talk to Don Fisher coming up around 5.20 this afternoon. And, of course, whatever's on your sports mind, let us know at 46862 on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Make sure you're also following us on all our social media. Uh, just search for us, 1380 The Fan, or you can find me, Brett Rum Sports, or you can find him at Adam Sports Lundy. Adam Sports Radio. Adam Sports Radio. Yeah. That's right. I uh, It's been so long since I've talked about your Twitter. Yeah, you know, the, every once in a while mine gets thrown out there. So Yeah, so uh, you can follow him too. 
46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. We'll take a break. Coming back, hour number two, taking you home on a Monday. It's the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.